0: MSW Media with swearing. Dear beans, dear the
1: beans, dear the beans, dear the
2: the beans.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, April 10th, 2020. Today, budget cuts and lack of staffing at the IRS could delay stimulus checks. A USS Roosevelt sailor found unresponsive is moved to the intensive care unit. The coronavirus task force blocks Fauci and Burks from appearing on CNN. Rural America is feeling the effects of COVID. Schumer proposes a $25,000 hero's pay for frontline workers. Falwell Jr. says warrants have been issued for journalists. And a new election polling data is out. I am your host, A.G., and appearing today with me over the phone is Jordan Coburn. Hello. Hello, and you'll be back with me later for the good news, too. Yay, it's like Yay. a twofer.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. A, a twofer pod
0: <laughs> how are you how are you holding up
1: i'm good um this is kind of like our friday right our thursday recording and i'm happy and proud to have made it through another week and i'm holding up it's our third week right in california it, i love yeah. losing count yeah yeah i think we're on like yeah we're on day 20 something i don't know it's in my journal somewhere
0: yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Um, you know, just hold up here. I'm, I'm doing following the, you know, the recommendation, the extra recommendation from uh, our governor not to go to the store or anything like this week. I'm just totally staying at home. Mm-hmm. So that's new, but it hasn't, it's on, it's not that much different. I told a friend of mine, like, I feel like, because I can't go out and con- like be in, touch with other people and interact with other humans like physically Mm -hmm. that I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm dead and I'm just haunting my own house.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) I can imagine that it feels like that you have also such like a retro house too. You could really stir up some like historical vibes kind of in there.
0: Yeah. But I'm able to change clothes. So that's quite cool. I don't think ghosts can do that. (laughs) Yeah. um so quarantine animal crossing update uh bunny day is this sunday i'll be glad when it's over i have too many eggs in storage and um i'm building a third edition to my my house uh uh, in animal crossing i'm very excited about that amazing Uh, and i made it to i made it to tarantula island so it's it's been really interesting i next i want to try the game where you're just an asshole goose that just terrorizes people have you heard about that one
1: i have not and i have not played this game and i keep hearing everybody talking about it and it sounds like like a a game of sims that your therapist would be comfortable with you playing yes it's so relaxing and
0: meditative and and comforting uh i really i really enjoy it and uh and you you, i've actually started doing my chores in the house in real life like the way that i plan them out in my in my (laughs) game so it's actually helped me take a shower when i probably wouldn't have otherwise so it's actually really good that's cool um and then there's a an asshole goose game i need to play where because you know geese are dicks right and and uh this one just like runs around and is a jerk to people and it's it's like a it doesn't have a name, I guess. I have to figure out more about it, but I, I really want to play that game because you get to be the goose.
1: Yeah, that sounds like uh, just a charging goose. Like a picnic-ruining yeah, yeah, like, goose. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: like just an asshole goose. Just a dick.
1: I wonder, <laughs> are they dicks or are they just misunderstood, you know? Who knows?
0: <laughs> I've never... I love your perspective.
1: <laughs> I'm sure... Uh, I don't know. They have more physical prowess than other birds. Maybe other smaller birds would be charging at us, but they're self-aware enough to know it wouldn't get them anywhere. Whereas a goose, that's fucked up. A goose charges at you. (laughs) You're going to fucking remember that shit forever. That's traumatizing. Yeah.
0: Geese and turkeys are are scary, too. And swans are assholes, and they're pretty big with their necks, you know? Yes.
1: Totally. Uh,
0: But, yeah geese uh it'd be a pretty funny little web series to do like the you know confessions of, of a of a asshole of goose an asshole. and you can find out like that he's actually just misunderstood you know he reads a lot of Nietzsche
1: yes exactly Whatever. he's just deep and he's acting out in anger because he doesn't yet have the tools to express himself in other ways he also doesn't have fingers so there goes art therapy that's hard it's hard as an angry goose <laughs> It's hard air out on the streets, on the lakes, <laughs> <laughs> the mean lakes. Yes.
0: Uh, um. And tomorrow, I'm excited. We're having our third. Uh, uh, what are we calling it? This is the cocktail hour Q and A quarantine quarantinis live. Yeah, and it's going to be dressy, right? If and you don't have to, but if you feel like getting dressed up, and we'll we'll figure out a hashtag so you can share on social media. Yes, um, you can get get fancy, put on your makeup, do your hair. Um, Jordan, you're going to wear some gold sequin number. I'm yes. going to have to figure out what I've got.
1: Oh, I'm so excited! I'm, I think I'm going to like actually do my hair and shit. Ooh, it'll be great. And I'm also celebrating a cold sore going away. Woohoo! i'm going out on the town
0: (laughs) i think you were worried about that and it's going away so that's good
1: yeah only after weeks and weeks it's yeah yeah, fucking cold sores.
0: maybe it's just misunderstood
1: the cold sore itself it's definitely misunderstood (laughs) but i'm its representative and no one else speaks cold sore so i just have to keep it (laughs) hidden from the rest of the world understood
0: (laughs) all right Well, we do have some actual news to get to today. I'm just really happy to talk to you. So Um, sorry, not sorry to listeners (laughs) who had to sit through that, but I had a good time. So uh, let's let's hit. Let's (laughs) let's get to the news. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So let's start with Jordan. You have an update on on, uh, Cuomo had another brief. He has a daily briefing. Uh, What were some of the highlights from that today?
1: Yeah, so, uh, he started out sort of giving some context as to how long the quarantine has been going on and specifically in New York. He says it's been 18 days since they shut down New York. Uh, it's been 39 days since the first case in New York and it has been 80 days since the first documented case in the United States. Uh, and I, I appreciate that he did this because it's, it does kind of start to get to a point where, you know, we've been in this for a decent amount of time now and it's a bit disorienting. And I think, uh, just putting, Putting it inter- into perspective is helpful not only for it's just being acknowledged that it's been that long, uh, but also when you're comparing it to where the numbers are at. And, you know, I think it's just good to be aware where you're at in the space time. Continue. Uh, he says New York's doing better on resources, but they still do not have enough to handle the worst projections. So we know that they've been going off of or looking at different models and... Even the moderate models right now, uh, they still don't have enough beds to handle those peak numbers. So, he's really just saying, please stay home because the social distancing could be working. It really seems like the numbers that are coming out are indicative of that social distancing doing what they wanted it to do. They had the lowest change in hospitalization since this started today. They had the lowest change in ICU admissions. Uh, sorry, not the lowest, but it was, I think it's like the second lowest. Uh, but it's really down there. And what's also super low right now is their change in intubations. So the number of people coming in basically and getting sort of uploaded into the start of what this battle looks like in the hospital is less, which hopefully means that the curve is flattening. Um, and they're actually finding that. The social distancing could be working even better than they projected so that's really encouraging and i hope that everyone hears that and they think fuck yeah it's easier for me to commit to something when i know it's working right so there you go yeah there's your proof yeah
0: and um i i heard today that the r not, um which is the letter r and then n-a-u-g-h-t which is a variable that means how many people on average you give it to hmm um, that it, it sort of determines how fast and how widespread the, you know, the epidemic can become and how many, you know, how many generations of the spread becomes super, you know, um, uh, exponential, that's the word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you hear me squeeze that out of my brain? (laughs) Exponential. It had a rhythm to it. It's that kind of a day. Um, but the R-naught was originally, um, you know, when when unchecked, the R-naught we thought was about 2 or 2.3. So like every person would infect 2.3 people. Um, studies have shown that the R-naught for coronavirus is actually closer to 6, meaning if you have it, you're likely to infect 6 people. But folks who practice social distancing... Uh, and, you know, stay at home and don't have contact with other people, reduce the R-naught to an average of 1.3. It gets down in the ones, which is, like, really uh, another, you know, uh, sign that the social distancing is effective and it's working, just Mm -hmm. like what you were talking
1: about. Yeah, that's really good news. Um, With that, unfortunately, where the peak is at in New York comes a super high death count, though. So Cuomo said that they were at their highest number in terms of lives lost in one day they had 799 and he's bringing additional funeral directors into the state to help the families through that process because obviously there's a lot of logistics that go into dealing with the passing of a loved one so they're also trying to beef up those resources too so it doesn't have to be you know continuously just a nightmare for them Uh, but that's something you know that he said Fauci reminded him of as well he said you're gonna see a drop in your hospitalization numbers and you're still for a while going to see these really high peaking death counts and it's just going to be like that for a little bit until the sort of course is run for those initial people that were coming in and flooding the hospitals.
0: Yeah, and I think the peak... Uh, for deaths is supposed to be In the United States or New York I, I'm not sure which one this Sunday Is supposed to be That's why everyone's been like this week is going to be bad This week is going to be bad I think the peak is on
1: Easter hmm. Wow Well that's a lot sooner than It potentially was going to be It was just last week right where he was saying It was going to be between 7 and 31 days So it looks like it was mm-hmm. yeah Closer to those 7 days And um, I, I hope yeah, I just, just keep keep going. I know New Yorkers are doing a really good job and um, that's fucking awesome. So love to everybody in New York and keep doing it because it's working in California and everywhere. It's going to work everywhere. It's uh, That's the great thing about it. It works everywhere when you do it.
0: Yeah, Wherever you live, if you socially distance yourself, it will work. You yes. will reduce the R-naught. You will reduce the spread. You will reduce the risk. You will reduce the deaths.
1: Mm-hmm. And then he he did something where he put the number of deaths in perspective compared to 9 11. Um, 2,753 people died in 9 11. And he says over 7,000 now have died from COVID 19. So just remarking on the scope. And he said uh, the evilness of this threat is proving to be, um, you know, worse than 9 11. He says that. And, and I think he it's it's uh it's it makes sense that he puts it in to that context because talking about the two national tragedies that have happened over the last couple of decades that's it 9-11 and this and they both happened in new york so he acknowledged that today
0: yeah new york is definitely you know they're they're definitely um most equipped to to understand that comparison
1: yeah exactly um And then he goes on to some really important next steps. Uh, He says first is to figure out how and why the virus kills. Uh, So just really, you know, a lot more research and and figuring out really the brains of this virus. He also says it's essential for them to uh, figure out how they address higher fatality rates among Black and Latino New Yorkers. Uh, We talked about that. That's going to be, you know, the data continues to keep flowing in that just like a lot of people predicted, is disproportionately affecting those communities. As a result, he also wants to increase testing in those communities as well. Um, and in general, more testing and more treatments. So plasma donations, he talks about putting out a call for people that will be in a position to have those you know, antibodies or have gone through it. Um, and that's something that they're going to be looking at moving forward. Uh, I have a question also. A.G., do you know, have you heard of any antibody testing in San Diego yet?
0: Uh our friend Tamer Katan uh actually just posted about uh a clinic doing antibody testing in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh or in Huntington Beach. I tagged you in it. I haven't heard any in San Diego, but I mean that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I it hasn't been brought to my attention uh and I haven't done like any extensive searches for it. But I I do know that we have it pretty close by. I mean, it would only be an hour and 45 minute drive because there's no traffic.
1: Yeah, that's true, Um, isn't it?
0: These days. Normally it takes us four hours to get to Los Angeles. But um, I I do know that Tamar uh, had gotten tested at the clinic and he had COVID-19. Um, when he was sick I, I can't remember if he said in January or not because and I tagged you in it because I know we all sort of think that you had it in January as well
1: mm-hmm. you may, yeah maybe something and I keep hearing more and more people Tamar included say that you know they weren't their doctor didn't have them get tested because they didn't exhibit some of the exact symptoms and so because of that they didn't wind up knowing in the moment if they had it only to come to find out later that he actually did have it, right? So, I know I didn't lose my sense of taste or uh, smell, for example, so I thought, oh, maybe I don't have it because of that. But I keep hearing these people that, you know, they have... Tamar said he had the sniffly nose, for example, which is generally one of the things that they list is like, oh, maybe likely not COVID-19 if you have these kinds of things. So who knows yeah your 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 symptoms
0: can vary and i mean we all know that that they the cdc under trump put together this list of criteria that was impossible to meet um in order to keep the testing down and mm-hmm. because he didn't want the numbers to to reflect the actual the truth about about the spread of this disease and so I'm sure our numbers are significantly higher than, yeah. than what's being reported, but we're limited by by our, our ability to test.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm also really interested to see how much teeth there is to those kind of hypotheses that are floating around out there that maybe California, when they experienced, when we experienced the early flu last year, late last year, that maybe that was actually either COVID-19 or some other variant of coronavirus that is now resulting in some sort of, you know kind of a second wave yeah exactly so yeah and because of that we have po- i don't fucking obviously know how biology shit works but if there's like antibodies certain antibodies that are helpful in making the cases of covid19 in california more mild so that not as many people are going to pass away when we start getting the peak but that will be yeah i'm just very very that's so fascinating to me just biology wise very interested yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
0: epidemiology is an interesting science Um, yes that's the word
1: epidemiology
0: yes Yes. took Um, many classes in epidemiology
1: oh cool sounds terrifying
0: (laughs) it it was it was like (laughs) oh
1: can we just go home and watch outbreak instead that's cool thank you (laughs) yeah yeah that's true you're you're good at watching terrifying shows that's that's your jam (laughs) um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And, uh, okay. Back to Cuomo. Sorry. So then Cuomo. He he also towards the end he reminds everybody that the Spanish flu of two thousand or two thousand eighteen of nineteen eighteen uh came in three waves and it looks you know right now New York is in their first wave that doesn't mean that once this is over everything goes back to normal it probably means that there's going to be a second wave inevitably and then a third wave and you know who knows if it's going to be a thing that comes back every year they don't know enough about it yet but just reminding people to brace themselves for this to be something that we're dealing with in our minds and hearts and you know f- lives for just longer than the day that people are allowed to start going back to work
0: well, maybe maybe this is their second wave you know uh, who knows yeah, yeah. But we 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 can't know unless we get the unless we have like uh, widespread antibody testing and and we just don't have that yet and there's no plan for it
1: mhm yeah so that's, that's McCuomo, Steph. All right. Thank you
0: for mm-hmm. that. Um, task force briefing started late today because they tested all of the photographers and correspondents. Um, so it started a little bit late today. Not used, not because, you know, Trump was just late like he always is, but <laughs> they actually were, you know, issuing badges and stuff for people who had, you know, been cleared of of having the virus. Um, and that's the new rule. Now you have to be tested if you want to participate in the briefing, at least today, I don't know if that, I'm assuming that'll be how it goes going forward, but I don't know how often they're going to test them. Um, but I was surprised to see that CNN did not air the beginning of the briefing at all. Um, mm. For this first time, they didn't have the t- first 20 minutes by Trump on there. But um, they did fact check it, um, at, you know, at, as it was happening on their, on their channel. Um, like, for example... Um, One of the clips that they were playing was uh, that they thought was important. It was newsworthy enough was that a reporter asked, again, this happened yesterday, but a reporter asked, how can we reopen the country without testing? You know, Obama has said this. Um, We talked about it on our show. Um, All the medical doctors are saying, look, you can't just let everybody go out into the country the way it was before. You have to have you know, either temperature taking sites or those, you know, uh, to check in codes on your phone or, you know, temperature, something like a heat map or uh, everyone needs to be tested to see if they're, if they've had it so that they can go back to work. And we still don't even know, we don't have any data that says that if you've had it, you can't get it again, or at least be a carrier if you don't have symptoms. So we need the testing in order, you know, we can't, there has to be a very robust tracing and testing program in our country and and there's not and so the reporter was like how can we reopen without testing and trump said we have the best testing in the world we're giving out millions of tests he doesn't even understand the question right and and he you know he, the reporter says is is isn't it safe to have those tests and trump says it's nice to
1: have yes do we need it no so trump doesn't think we need testing that's so you know what that's extra dumb too because if we had robust effective widespread testing people would be able to go to back to work sooner which is what he's trying yeah. to do so it's he's working against himself he, yeah unless he doesn't
0: want anyone to know how many people got it you know
1: right yeah he's doing some really shitty weighing of pros and cons none of which <laughs> right, actually yeah. helps us yeah uh, and in other task force news, uh,
0: Mike Pence's office has declined to allow Fauci and Burks to appear on CNN. And I'm wondering if CNN isn't like this is they didn't air Trump today. And I'm wondering if it's because of this little feud they're having, Um, because Trump Pence's or Trump Pence, <laughs> Mike <laughs> Pence's office is, is declining to allow Fauci and Burks to appear only on CNN in recent days in an attempt to pressure them into carrying the task force briefings in full because they were just showing the Trump part and then cutting away. Um, but it's important to note Fauci, Burks, Surgeon General Jerome Adams, FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn, they've all appeared on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox News during the last week, despite those networks oftentimes also not carrying the full task force briefing. So this is a specific vendetta against CNN, and today, oh, what do you know? CNN is doing, you know, special interest stories from the field, from hospitals, interviewing different people, uh, and bringing you updates, fact checking what the president is saying, but not airing it. So that I thought that was really uh, pretty fantastic. I had to flip over to MSNBC to bring you any kind of news about it at all, and by then Trump was already gone. He was only up there for about twenty minutes, so that's another bonus. Hmm. Um. And a new poll out says 49% of Americans have said the coronavirus has caused them financial hardship. And so that's an interesting number. We've got more polling data um, coming up later in the show. But that is pretty much the, the updates that I have regarding the, the task force briefing. Because, like I said, CNN didn't air it. By the time I flipped over, it was Pence. Uh, and you know, Pence was just saying the same old shit, so I think which is you know hopefully from now on we only we only get these things second hand from you know video clips of what what uh, what they've filtered through as you know maybe important.
1: yeah, which uh murder plotters he's considering pardoning? <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> crazy. Uh.
0: All right, we'll be back with more news right after this uh, and later, I'll discuss a Trump lawsuit. Uh, about a pyramid scheme that he was trying to run uh, and a ruling in that lawsuit with Andrew Torres. Uh, you don't want to miss that interview later in the show. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: After these messages, will be right back. Hey,
0: everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Human. I have a very busy schedule. I get up at the crack of dawn, fight existential dread for eight hours, do a podcast, more dread, read a bit, dread, sleep. So keeping my energy levels up, ...can be a challenge. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about something I take every day. Helps me stay on top of my game. It's called Super Grape Soft Chews from Human. They taste great. They make me more focused. I feel energetic. And I have less of that late afternoon lethargy. And uh, the Super Grape Soft Chews are a delicious way to give you an energizing boost. Uh, They're packed with heart-healthy grapeseed extracts that protect against oxidative stress, and they promote normal blood pressure, and it also promotes energy efficiency by supporting your blood flow. So you don't have a jittery feeling, there's no crashing, it's just energy, natural energy, with antioxidants derived from non-GMO-concentrated, clinically studied grapeseed extract. Um, experience a great tasting heart healthy boost from new super grape soft shoes. get your super grape soft shoes at supergrapes.com slash daily beans and get a free 30-day supply with your first purchase this offer is only available here exclusively for our listeners that's supergrapes.com slash daily beans again supergrapes.com slash daily beans you'll be glad you did Hey, welcome back everybody. Thanks so much, Jordan, for joining us. I love you when when you're on here. I love it. Um, So from NPR today, the Internal Revenue Service is under huge pressure to quickly disperse the $1,200 payments promised to most people in the $2.2 trillion coronavirus relief bill. Experts say it could take months, however, for everyone to get their checks, with some people possibly waiting until after they file their taxes next year. And that's because over the past 10 years, the IRS budget has been reduced by roughly 20 percent, leaving the agency with aging technology and forcing it to cut back on staff. And that's according to uh, some experts. The added stress of the coronavirus is already causing customer service nightmares. Uh, I mentioned this briefly on Monday's Daily Beans when speaking with tax expert Francine Lippmann. Let's listen to that clip really fast. I just can't imagine that the IRS is staffed for this right now. So Mnuchin is saying direct deposits will go out next week, but those without bank accounts could be waiting until August, and many Americans are struggling right now. Um, I'm also concerned about the means testing and how that's going to be handled. So, you know, keep your eyes out for news stories about potential delays with means testing, especially with the depleted IRS budget and staffing, and they're, you know, they're trying to keep up with all this. Um, Yesterday, I spoke to or I spoke about the medical professionals, scientists and even President Obama saying we needed permanent testing and monitoring or tracing solutions in place before we even think about going back to work or opening the country as as Trump likes to say it like we're five. But today we learned that the federal government is actually ending funding for coronavirus testing sites this Friday. And as a result, many of the testing sites will cease to operate a spokesperson for uh, Health and Human Services told NPR that many of the sites will still operate, but the states have to pay for it. As we know, the funding for states in the rescue package was woefully inadequate, at least from what Andy Cuomo was, or you know Andrew Cuomo was saying. And most state budgets are being squeezed. Um, they're in the red because the federal government is leaving a lot of the fiscal responsibility about coronavirus up to the states, including PPE, because Trump hasn't invoked the Defense Production Act, which has caused bidding wars between states and even FEMA for supplies. And a spokesperson for FEMA, speaking of them, said, Sorry, Charlie, the federal funding for testing sites was merely a stopgap measure to bring testing to critical locations. It's just another massive failure by this administration. Although Pence today in the task force press briefing said that, that they would continue to operate and give the states the choice as to whether or, want, whether or not they wanted to financially take them over or not. And I'm going to have to fact check that because that's contrary to to this report. So. From the New York Times last night, though, on the other hand, coronavirus was slow to spread to rural America, but not anymore. Uh, Humboldt County in California was the first rural county to report a case, and that was on February 20th. Two weeks later, on March 2nd, Grafton County, New Hampshire announced a positive test, uh, and that was for a healthcare worker that had recently traveled to Italy. And at that point, On March 2nd, there were only 104 counties nationwide reporting cases. None of them were rural, except for the one in Humboldt. And then 10 days later, a cluster emerged in Colorado ski ski country. And by March 19th, hundreds of rural counties were reporting their first cases. And of course, by April 6th, more than two-thirds of rural counties had at least one confirmed case, and one in ten were reporting at least one death. And uh, the late arriving wave of cases can and could and is in some cases easily overwhelming rural counties that are, you know, older, poorer, and sicker than much of the country. And they're also dangerously low on medical supplies. Most don't even have one ventilator. And to compound the problem in rural areas, uh, the Republican governors of North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Arkansas, Mississippi, they're refusing to issue stay-at-home orders. And rural nurses and doctors are also in short supply. Um, There's a clinic in Stockton, Kansas, that has turned to a local veterinarian for masks and gowns. And a rural hospital in Lexington, Nebraska, was recently down to 500 swabs. And another in Batesville, Indiana, was having staff store used masks in plastic baggies so they could sterilize and reuse them. And this is all because Republican governors felt that their rural communities were safe and failed to act. And many are still failing to act. But this virus is everywhere. And we know it's disproportionately impacting the most vulnerable. So hopefully we'll start seeing more data on, on, on those numbers. And I'm just now hearing from NPR. In a reversal, the Trump administration says it will not end support for community-based coronavirus, coronavirus test sites. So good. Outrage works. And from Caitlin O'Prysko at Politico. Uh, The president of Liberty University, Jerry Falwell Jr., said on Wednesday that arrest warrants had been issued for journalists from The New York Times and ProPublica after both outlets published articles critical of his decision to partially reopen Liberty's campus amid the coronavirus pandemic, saying that they were trespassing when they were on university property working on their articles. Quote, both articles by The Times and ProPublica quoted students or professors who suggested that social distancing guidelines designed to prevent the spread of the highly transmissible virus were not being adequately practiced on campus, unquote. And Falwell cast his decision to seek a case against the journalist as a move to protect his students, asserting that the journalists had come from hot spots like D.C. or New York, and that by being on campus, they put the remaining Liberty students at risk. He also complained that Liberty was being singled out because of its status as a religious school. Of course, religious persecution. It's the white Christian businessmen that have it the worst in this country, you know. And uh, no one with any credibility, by the way, has been able to verify the existence of these warrants. So I question that he's even telling the truth about that. And sources are telling reporters that Trump is now planning to assemble a second coronavirus task force. And this one's focused solely on reopening the economy. The White House is considering a group of White House officials, business leaders, economists, and even some sports teams to work on the effort. And they're keeping a very close eye on the calendar. Mnuchin, Steve, of course, he's going to be on this uh, econ- uh, you know, economy task force. He's thinking May, May, May timeframe, which is bananas. But Fauci said today that if Americans continue to follow the guidelines, things will be much better by midsummer. And uh, we brought up a little bit earlier that the Democrats are working on a second rescue package after widely acknowledging what we have been saying, that $2.2 trillion is not nearly enough, probably by half. And in this bill, Democrats are pushing hard to include funding for mail-in voting. But Republicans have criticized the idea, including Trump, Arguing that it's an attempt to federalize elections and Democrats are just trying to increase their vote count. So, and, you know, Trump himself acknowledged in one of his press briefings that if we vote by mail, Republicans would never win again. Acknowledging that Republicans rely on Democrats not being able to vote in order to win. And Trump himself voted by mail in 2018, by the way. But his argument is he couldn't go to the polls in Florida because he was in Washington, D.C. being president. Well, first, he spends half his fucking time in Florida, and he's moved his residency there. And second, Trump couldn't go to the polls because he was busy. But now, we can't go to the polls because we could die. So his convenience trumps your right to stay alive. Never forget that. And now House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who I, don't, I still don't think has paid back fraud guarantee for all their furtosh, dirty Russian donations— Kevin McCarthy is now slamming the provision in the bill, arguing Democrats are just using the coronavirus for their own political benefit. But he fails to mention Donald Trump tweeting about his amazing ratings for his press briefings, which give him massive amounts of airtime, and in which he plants hacks from like the New York Post and OAN to throw him campaign-related softballs that he can use to rail against immigration and Democrats. But sure, Kevin the Democrats wanting people to vote without dying is totally politicizing the pandemic. Oh, I hate that guy so much. Um, in other news, another 6.6 million people filed jobless claims this week for a total of 17 million over the last three weeks. Uh, according to Mark Zandi. he's a chief economist at Moody's Analytics. He says the state of the economy is a mess. Just for context, there are 155 million in the workforce and 17 million is a pretty big chunk. And we aren't even sure those numbers are accurate because of the issues the Department of Labor is having in processing claims. As we know, there's been hours on hold. One lady's tried to apply a thousand times. It's absolutely maddening. And we had 6.6 million this week and 6.6 million last week, which means it seems like they, that's their max that they can take. And and it's been uh, predicted by um economists folks at um Goldman Sachs and you know just experts uh, you know economic experts that we could probably lose about f- and the Fed itself um that we lose about 47 million jobs those are the uh, an average that means those are the ones that you know that are able to be laid off or more most likely to be laid off um, and and this Mark Sandy, he said about 50 million people, he, he echoed that are at, at risk of losing their their jobs. and that gives you a small picture of how cataclysmic this is. That's a third of the workforce. And Congress is working on another stimulus bill. Um, but you know, what the Federal Reserve has been doing recently is what has been keeping the stock market going up again this week. And uh, Congress will likely have to do more, uh, as I mentioned before, especially, for really small businesses with fewer than 10 employees and this is still mark zandy talking he's talking about there are 7.8 million businesses in, in the country 4.5 million have fewer than four employees and those are the kinds of companies that will have difficulties in the small business association loans that's our company is in that group Milishi wrote llc is in that group and and the reason is is because the process of applying with a bank for the loan forgiveness is really really complicated and these small businesses just don't have the support Um, That they need to get it done. And if we have a lot of business failures, many of those applying for unemployment won't have businesses to go back to. So we have to, you know, we have to keep that in mind. Um, This is again, where I thank our patrons for help keeping us afloat. And as of Wednesday, um, this is just in here 400 sailors now from the Roosevelt have tested positive for Coronavirus up from 121 earlier in the week. And today we learned that one of the sailors was found unresponsive and has been moved to an intensive care unit on Guam. The Navy uh, uses the buddy system, and and the sailors buddies who were required to check on him twice a night check in on him, found him unresponsive. And uh, there are now four aircraft carriers, both in the Pacific Fleet, that have crew testing positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, yet Captain Crozier was still fired, um, and no, Maudley. Um, uh resigning and shame does not make up for that and earlier today the pentagon said it has to assume that despite these other carriers having small numbers of cases the virus could spread the way it did on the roosevelt you think It's science i mean the carriers are the same the disease is the same the people are the same like how do you think good good job pentagon way to solve that fucking problem um And the Roosevelt is at the center, of course, of the controversy that led to the resignation of the acting secretary of the Navy, who I just mentioned, Thomas Moadley, who had replaced Richard Spencer, who resigned in protest for Trump's interference in the Navy SEAL peer review of war criminal Eddie Gallagher, who Trump later pardoned. And um, that is the rest of the news, some of the stuff that flew under the radar today. We'll be right back with a discussion I had earlier with Andrew Torres of opening arguments about a federal judge's ruling last night that Trump and his family can't force Uh, these defendants that are suing him in a pyramid scheme into arbitration. I'm going to find out if that's a good thing, a bad thing, or if it doesn't make a difference at all. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Laurel Springs. There's a lot of homeschooling going on right now, and that's why I want to tell you about Laurel Springs. Uh, It's an accredited online private school for students K through 12, And it happens all online, and it also recognizes that each child is a unique individual, and they all have their own personal interests and special talents, and they all have their own unique learning style. And Laurel Springs is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. I appreciate how accommodating the Laurel Springs Online Program is. It's designed for students who wish to grow and excel academically and personally while maintaining a flexible schedule. Their personalized approach is competency-based and asynchronous, meaning students have the opportunity to progress through the material at a pace that honors their individual skills and knowledge. And... They also offer rolling enrollment, which means you can enroll any time. Students can begin work at any time of the year. You don't have to wait for a specific enrollment period. Uh, an enrollment period. Uh, I truly believe Laurel Springs improves the academic experience of the modern student with its flexible approach to find the best way to prepare them for success. So register your child at laurelsprings.com dailybeans today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com dailybeans for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com dailybeans. So I'm lucky enough today to be joining the Open Arguments podcast, and and we're going to record this for our Daily Beans podcast because I wanted to speak with a real life lawyer about uh, an Adam Klasfeld tweet that went out, you know, courthouse news guy about Trump and his family and his company no longer being able to force people accusing them of promoting pyramid schemes into arbitration. Uh, which is obviously a largely opaque private system, and this is from a federal judge ruling that happened last night. So, hey, how are you? How 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 is the opening arguments seen these days?
3: Well, AJ, thanks for uh, doing this uh, uh, collaboration here. You've got you've got me. You've got my co-host Thomas Smith. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm here. here.
0: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Smith. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. Tom Smith.
3: Not <laughs> just kidding. Not a, not an alias. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> my my name hey, is don't make less fun of people identifiable with aliases. than just your initials. Like pe- <laughs> if I say I'm Thomas Smith and you say you're AG, they know more about you than me. That's how generic my name is.
0: I I know. I almost picked Tom Smith as a yeah. pseudonym,
2: but. <laughs> It's, I wonder when you check into hotels if people are like uh-huh I, mm, I get yeah, that Tom a lot Smith. I get that I will I, <laughs> I know uh, I'm just there's real stuff to talk about but when I traveled to europe I uh was frantically running through uh, the the airport in I forget where oh it was the paris airport or Charles de Gaulle or whatever. And I was late for a connection, you know, because the flight was delayed. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. I'm trying to find somebody who'll help me, you know. And I I, hand, I just find some people look like they're employees of something. I hand my, my boarding pass, like, can you help me? And they look at my name and literally burst out laughing. And they're like, oh, and they did an impression of it. Like these two French girls were like, oh, Thomas Smith. It was, that's, uh, my name's a laughingstock. I uh, understand. I couldn't be more American to them. They're like Charles Pizza or something. Like that's my name. Like, Hot Dog Freedom Eagle is my name to them hot dog
0: freedom well, you know you're supposed to put a canadian patch on your backpack when you travel to europe tom true everybody yeah. knows that so we're good we're doing well good 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 so uh what tom tom and andrew what do you think of this uh this ruling um that you know uh, they can he can't force people into
3: arbitration i think that's pretty great so uh... I look, I think it I think it would be pretty great um, if there were not left open the the possibility that um, Trump can move to compel arbitration on the remaining claims. Now, usually you do that in a slightly different order. Right. Um, so he here, for example, like um i i i i don't understand and, and and there there is an argument that you've waived your right to arbitrate uh by moving to dismiss certain claims that are in a particular lawsuit so um it, why don't why don't why don't we we break it down this way um why you talk about like the facts of sort of the underlying lawsuit and then I can talk about um, how they've been pled in the context of this complaint? You want me to talk about the the facts of this specific underlying lawsuit? Yeah, like what these pe what these people like you know look thousands of people sue Trump you know all the time for uh, generally being a, a scumbag in <laughs> in terms of how he conducts his business operations. So I'm I'm curious, like your your take on. Um, specifically, what uh, uh, the 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 what Donald J. Trump, the Trump Corporation, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and Ivanka Trump have uh, been alleged to have done here?
0: Well, this uh, it, from the complaint or from the ruling here. The summary of the complaint is uh, non-party ACN Opportunity LLC, which is a peer- that sounds totally legitimate, right? Yeah, it's right <laughs> up there with fraud guarantee. Um, it's a multi-level marketing. It's a pyramid scheme and it offers services through independent salespeople, uh, known as IBOs or independent business owners. And, uh, in order to sell ACN products, the, these business, um, these IBOs must pay an initial, initial sign-up fee, uh, and an annual renewal fee, right? And they also have to sign, uh, an agreement, uh, that contains an arbitration provision. Um so if you want to talk about the you know the the specifics of of this pyramid scheme does it matter what they were selling like <laughs> because, yeah. because i mean obviously the whole point is you have to pay a fee up front and then you have to pay an annual dues and of course the the trump group here uh and his you know the the trump associated business in this case wanted to uh, they filed a motion to, to go into arbitration, and, and basically the judge denied it. Um, if I'm looking here it at, at the uh, specific, you know, they, they go through the procedural history, but that's the general background. Um, but then mm. they talk about the standards, which is what you want to talk about um, in deciding motions to compel arbitration, right? Because the standard, it's a standard similar to that applicable for a motion for summary
2: judgment is, is kind of what you were getting at. By the way, this is how Andrew got me into opening arguments. I had to pay a lot up front to be a co-host, but then if I sign up enough other co-hosts it's gonna pay off for me eventually, so I'm very familiar with this business uh, practice.
0: Well, I get five dollars every time you, you Andrew appears on my podcast, and then <laughs> you know we. But you know, I I, I made him sign a, a couple of NDAs
3: and a non arbitration agreement, so <laughs> they they were routed through my attorney's LLC, Essential Consultants. Uh. <laughs> it's fucking essential. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's 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 take a step back. N- number 1, I I think it's really really important to 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 point out that um and and again, I, you know, all of our audience uh, respective audiences know this already. Um but um it, it it is important to to illustrate that so much of what Donald Trump has done uh, in his capacity as, you know, supposed, um, uh, uh, you know, successful businessman has just been, you know, pyramid scheme nonsense garbage. Right. Um, you know, all of the complaints against Trump University are. Um, you know, fall fall into that same category.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it sounded a lot to me like when I was reading the specifics of this case and the ruling, it sounded so much like Trump University. I mean, so much of it is just like that. And of course, we know what happened there with Pam Bondi, the Florida, was she the D.A. or the U.S. attorney not uh, prosecuting, being given a twenty five thousand dollar donation to her campaign. And then all of a sudden she shows uh up on the impeachment team. Like, come on.
3: That God, I could go down that rabbit trail for days (laughs) in terms of just um, the 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 level of of corruption. Um, It's 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 just it's just terrible. Um, But but uh, but okay. so let's so let's talk about this. Um, The the, the most important thing, I I think, to know from people who are um, particularly reading the document that is attached to. Um, the courthouse news service document that Classfeld tweeted to, right? Um, that that there were in fact multiple rulings um, that were that were issued uh, yesterday, right? Well, um, we're we're doing this for the Tuesday show, so we're issued on Wednesday, uh, April the eighth, right? Um, the one that's linked is um, an order on a motion to dismiss um, that. Uh, has to do with certain Rico claims uh, that were alleged by the anonymous um, uh, plaintiffs against uh, the Trump organization's kind of crazy ass pyramid schemes um, that uh, d- you know that that again it's never Rico right so um, it it's it's not surprising to see a substantive motion to dismiss. W- what is not linked is, um, the, the order on the motion to compel arbitration. Um, so I can, I'm going to link it in our show notes. I'll give you a copy for yours as, as well, aj Um, I had to, I had to pull this off of, um, off of PACER. So I don't know that it's, I don't know that it is otherwise publicly available to, uh, to non-lawyers, but, uh, but I got a copy cause, uh, that's what I do. Um, and, and, and I, and I want to explain the, underlying background on what it means to, um, to, to compel arbitration and, um, and the fact that, um, uh, more and more of our commercial cases are, are being pushed into an arbitration scheme. Um, this directly, and and so the way to think about it is if you are at all concerned about, uh, overcrowding and plea bargaining in the criminal justice system, right? Um that that same level of tax on judicial resources is there uh at the um in 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 civil practice, right? So 95 to 99% of criminal cases uh quote settle by through plea bargaining and 95 to 99% of civil cases uh, settle and that's because we don't have enough federal judges uh we have too many cases we have overworked judges we have overworked dockets and so everything um that uh is designed to alleviate pressure on a court's docket is you know comes in with sort of a heavy. Uh, A heavy presumption in in favor, Um, and that is, you know, you can disagree with it, but until you elect somebody who says, I'm going to double or quadruple the federal judiciary, right, you're just kind of wringing your hands about it, right, because there are not enough resources to adjudicate the cases that we have uh, pending in in federal district court. Well, yeah, ever Um, since
0: Trump became an adult— um, we the <laughs> courts are jammed with civil lawsuits, criminal lawsuits, uh, you know, the Supreme Court House oversight lawsuits. I, I honestly blame Trump for jamming up at least 20 percent of our court system. <laughs>
3: now, it's, it's, it, I It's we laugh. But, you know, one of the things that we've said on our show dating back to August of 2016, right, like the most effective Hillary Clinton ads were the ones that that. Uh, That ran sparingly in 2016 that pointed out that Trump's typical business practice is agree to a hundred thousand dollar contract with a small contractor and then just be like, yeah, but I'm not going to pay you uh, and then force them to bring a lawsuit. And then, you know, you send out your team of lawyers and you're like, all right, well, will you take, you know, 30 cents on the dollar Will you take 50 cents on the dollar or are we going to chew you up in court? Um, That that is right. If you're if you are evil uh, and you want to maximize your profit in our system. Right. That's the logical consequence of having a, uh, you know, litigants pay uh, civil Mm. justice system. Mm. Um, And and that's what Trump does. Right. He I. I wouldn't do any work for Trump, but, uh, you know, don't take legal advice from the podcast. But if you do any work for Trump, make sure you get paid 100 cents on the dollar up front uh, because otherwise you will not get paid. I mean, it's just it's just clear. That's that's how he does it. So he's sort of
0: taking advantage of of that, of the fact that these things settle out most of the time because our courts are just packed, jammed.
3: Yeah. And and except in extreme cases, each party has to bear their own costs in litigation. Right. Yeah, and his and contractors
2: so, that he's working with don't have the resources to muster a fight or it's not worth it to them so they just take the the pay cut.
3: Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. Um and so, you know, you look at it and you say, all right, you know, do I want to pay a lawyer tens of thousands of dollars to fight against, you know, the lawyers that Trump is going to hire to maybe get my $100,000 back at the end of the day or or do I want to just take his $30,000 check and go home? And mm. um and over and over, I mean, there are thousands of these cases in which people just, you know, take the thirty thousand dollar check and go home. There are plenty more if you don't sue at all. In which he just walks away and says, uh, "Yeah, I don't, I don't do it." So now, um, with <laughs> with with that in mind, um, it 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 should not surprise you that in your contractual dealings with Donald Trump, um, that. Uh, he would take other steps to prevent you from, uh, recovering in any way against the, uh, the Trump corporation. And so, um, these IBOs, independent business owners, um, pay an initial sign-up fee and an annual renewal fee, and they sign an agreement and the agreement contains, uh, two paragraphs, um, which say, uh, I agree to indemnify and hold ACN, the other ACN companies, the ACN providers, and their respective shareholders, directors, officers, and employees harmless from any and all claims, damages, and expenses, including any attorney's fees arising out of my actions or omissions in connection with this agreement. That is a standard indemnification clause, um, which uh, which basically, w- when you indemnify somebody, you agree to take responsibility for third party liabilities against that person. Um, The idea that you're taking, you know, a a, uh, hairy homemaker here who signs up as at the bottom rung on a pyramid scheme to indemnify the Trump corporation kind of puts that on its head. But um. and I think the next thing it
2: says that you do is message all of your old high school friends on Facebook and say, I have a
3: (laughs) tremendous business opportunity for you. I think that's the next clause. (laughs) That is, that, that is, that's the B provision. Um, but but then the arbitration clause says, in the event of a dispute between ACN and me as to our respective rights, duties, and obligations arising out of or relating to this agreement, it is mutually agreed that shuts, that such disputes shall be resolved exclusively through binding arbitration before the American Arbitration Association pursuant to the commercial rules of arbitration. Now, I, I will tell you, um, I, I have conducted binding arbitration before the American Arbitration Association pursuant to the rules of the commercial of its commercial arbitration rules um, on multiple occasions, um, and and essentially what this is that the, the best way to think about it is it is outsourcing a trial to a retired judge, okay. Um, the, the the AAA is the is the gold standard of high-end commercial arbitration um and the and the AAA arbitrations that I have done um uh, o- almost entirely uh have been on behalf of Lloyds of London uh, you may have heard of them um uh in billion dollar insurance coverage cases okay um and so and and what you do is uh the the arbitrator is typically a retired judge um, who both parties have to pay the arbitrator for their time. Um, now, again, when this is a multinational, multi-billion dollar corporation suing 50 different insurance companies over a billion dollars worth of coverage related to you know $10 billion worth of asbestos loss, like yeah. Paying some dude in San Francisco 500 bucks an hour to read your pleadings is no big deal. Um, But that's but that's the primary disincentive here that I think a lot of the news articles are sort of missing in terms of talking about this as being a a non-transparent practice. I mean, that's true, right? Like you don't have these the arbitrations are conducted. Well, now they're. They're being conducted over Zoom. Um, but, you know, they're they're conducted in conference rooms rather than courtrooms. There is no presumptive right of access uh, to the arbitration materials. So, so there is some of that. But the biggest thing is you, you have a retired judge who is being paid by the hour to read the party's pleadings as opposed to in in the court system. You have a judge who's paid by tax dollars to read your pleadings. Um, and by the way, if 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 you think that that means judges read that that uh, AAA arbitrators read very very slowly, mm. um, you would probably be correct on that. Um, and again, I, I've had great experience with 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 this. Um, but but there is no way on earth that somebody who would be taken in by the, you know, pyramid scheme, sell seven bars of soap and bring it like, right? They're, they're already attracted by the idea of making a five-figure salary from home. Um, it's going to cost you six figures to, to arbitrate this case. At, at, at OK, but so,
0: question, though, yeah. I mean, doesn't that keep it out of the public eye, an arbitration? So yes and no. Right.
3: Like, because at the end of the day, Andrew, in order
0: to, you seem biased to me,
3: (laughs) you seem real biased right now. Well,
0: uh, I mean, isn't there a public discovery process when you take it to court? I mean, is the, is there a discovery process
3: with arbitration where all that shit becomes public? So, so let me answer, let me answer that. And then go back to the answer. You didn't let me give. Um, Oh, Oh, (laughs) it's fine. Um, arbitration uh, – this will actually merge those answers together. An arbitration award can be uh, – and and in order to enforce it, you, you have to go to a court to approve of the arbitration decision and enforce it, right? So we arbitrate privately. We go to the court and we say in the court, hey, um, the arbitrator reached X result uh, and now I want you – I want the court to approve uh, of that yeah. result. And the court will, will rubber stamp – uh, by and large, that, that award. Um, this is 9 U.S.C. Uh, Section 201. But I um, think I know what you're going to say,
0: because on the flip side, things that go to public court are often settled in private. Like, you you that, don't get to see the, the... Like, we don't know what the settlement was for a lot of the Trump stuff that we've been covering, because even though it was adjudicated in a public court, paid for by taxpayer dollars, it was adjudicated
3: under seal, the settlement. Yep, yep, yep. So... Uh, and 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 what i was going to add to amplify that is one of the only reasons that a court will not uh, will overturn an arbitration award so uh, a court will not overturn an arbitration award if the arbitrator makes quote a mistake of fact or law <laughs> End of quote. That's true, uh, and I and I I had an arbitration that um, uh, the the arbitrator you know very clearly uh, misapplied a a particular uh, legal standard and and said as true a thing that both parties agreed was not true, right? So he made a plain mistake of law and a plain mistake of fact, and that's not grounds to overturn an arbitration award. Mm. Um, one of the only things that will however is if the arbitrator refuses to hear certain evidence so as practice what that means is and you couple that with the fact that the arbitrator's paid right remember that whole the arbitrator gets paid for everything they read so the discovery process in arbitration is as extensive as it is in AAA arbitration in particular is generally as extensive uh sometimes even more so as in uh litigation in 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 court yeah. Um, so, uh, I think there's the same ability to get out that information, um, and it's subject to the same standards, I right? See. Which is to say, um, the other side can designate it confidential. You can challenge that designation. Uh, if you were a litigant and they move to enforce the arbitration award, uh, you could in your, uh, opposition attach all of the non, uh, the non-confidential documents as exhibits to that opposition and thereby get them into the public record, right? So there are lots of ways that you can get stuff into the public record. And there are lots of ways that stuff at trial does not enter the public record. Okay. So that that's why, I, it, it, look, I, I, it isn't that the point is, is wrong. It's that in my in my view, far more important is the 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 onerous financial burden here, um, as opposed to the the procedural burden. All
0: right, so six and one half dozen of the other, unless you don't have a lot of money, and then it's better to arbitrate. Correct. I gotcha. Well, I I appreciate yep. you clearing that up because i was wondering you know the the impact and the importance of that order so i really thank you for um for clarifying that andrew torres thomas smith opening arguments everybody check them out where you get your podcast we'll be right back after this uh with the good news so stick around Hey, everybody, it's AG. I want to tell you about the most useful app on my phone right now. Sometimes when you're busy, it's hard to find time to sit down or read or work on personal development. Uh, I read nothing but political books right now, and and I have no time for other things. Until now, there's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. And Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know stuff from thousands of nonfiction books, and they condense it down into just 15 minutes so you can read or listen to it. And with its audio feature... Uh, The Blinkist app makes it easy to finish a book while you're doing other things. Like, I listen while I'm doing my chores or out for a walk. And it allows me to consume my favorite nonfiction books in my spare time, easily. Twelve million people are using Blinkist right now. It has a massive growing library, all from, you know, self-help type stuff, business, health, um, history books... Um, biographies blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists as well and, and classic nonfiction titles um, and with all this i get the main points of the book and that helps me evaluate which books i want to take time to read in full later it's like a little preview a little trailer and i recently listened to the steve Job, steve jobs biography um i highly recommend you check that out and with blinkist you uh, you get unlimited access to the books you want all for one low price and right now all the books you want for one low price Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash beans and try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, dot com slash beans to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash beans. hey everybody welcome back it is time for the good news and with me again i have jordan coburn
1: hello hello long time no speak i know good to be back
0: through the magic of editing it was literally five seconds ago
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes shout out to mac
0: (laughs) yes thanks mac we would we couldn't do this without you otherwise everything would be out of order and people would be like is this memento what's happening (laughs) yeah um all right, so we do have some good news today. I've got a couple here. First of all, Schumer, Chuck, Charles, is uh, <laughs> put, putting together <laughs> putting together uh, a $25,000 hero's pay uh, that he's trying to get into the next stimulus package. That's so fucking cool, and I hope that goes through. I'm sure the Republicans will shit all over it.
1: Yeah, I hope not.
0: And Boris Johnson has moved out of the intensive care unit. His health right. is improving. So good on you. Good on you, BJ. And Joe Biden in a new poll from CNN holds a wide lead over Trump in a national poll 53 to 42 among registered voters in early March. So that number will widen as Trump fumbles this pandemic response. I'm willing to bet. Fucking hope so. uh, And on the other side, for equal time, Bernie, uh, one of Bernie's campaign staffers in a or managers in in a conference call today informed his campaign staffers he's going to keep them all on their health Benefits plans through November, even though he's suspended his campaign. So love him, hate him—that's fucking cool.
1: It is. It's also very on brand. <laughs>
0: yeah, it would be weird if he didn't, right? <laughs> yes, to be right. like, hey, hey, that thing. Now you're acting like Bloomberg. What's happening?
2: Yeah.
0: So I, I just you know wanted to mention that because I, I am a hundred percent for that. You can't be not for that. Uh, I don't want to hear it. Don't at me. <laughs> um. With that, what sort of good news uh, do did Mandy Reedy put together for us?
1: Yes, Mandy Reedy. She brings us good news from Liz first. Liz says, can we get a shout out to the mayors of Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County? Both are women and both are Democrats in a way red Utah that are doing an awesome job holding it down here. Both of these ladies are in their first 100 days and are navigating a global pandemic, not to mention the 5.7 magnitude earthquake we had a few weeks ago. While our governor is still praying about this and has yet to issue a statewide order issuing folks to stay home, Erin Mendenhall salt lake city and jenny wilson salt lake county are doing their level best to protect us salt lake has the highest population in the state as well as 90 percent of the healthcare resources that will be needed when we hit our peak that the end of april or first at the end of april or first part of may i'm glad and damn proud that we have these women in charge woohoo shout out heck excellent. yes excellent i keep hearing a lot of love and pride from salt lake city that's dope yes
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful city, too. I was just there. um, I was there for, well, near it. um, Flew into it to go to Sundance. And then before that, it was when I went up to do Andy McCabe's book signing. Mm. Um, And just everyone there is just wonderful. It's very, just really beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful place. It's
1: a very wholesome state, Jesus aside.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, But, I mean, you know, uh, Salt Lake's pretty blue.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, wholesome, like, feels good. Good, good people. Salt of the earth, as you taught me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Haha, Salt Lake City of the earth. (laughs) I, I was just, uh, I basically just insinuated that uh, liberals aren't wholesome. That's pretty awesome.
1: That is. And I think it's, we do probably do more. uh, Yeah, I'll stop.
0: Um. (laughs) We're We're known as heathens. Well, just, you know.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I stopped myself because I'm thinking, do we really do weird shit more? Honestly, I think it's the Republicans. Definitely.
0: No. If I remember your titty-flashing Mormon friend (laughs) going over railroad tracks, (laughs) the answer would be no.
1: Exactly. They're like the kids that are smoking weed because they're not supposed to. You know, just Uh they're doing underground freaky shit because they get a rise. (laughs)
0: Because they're so oppressed, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um anyways, next from Donna. Donna says, I live in a townhouse community and most of us here are senior citizens. Everyone has been social distancing so we don't see much of each other anymore. Many of us are staying uh, are starting to stay in touch by texting, but some of us aren't very tech savvy. So one of the guys came up with a plan. He printed a big black arrow on a sheet of paper and delivered one to everyone to put in their windows with instructions. Arrow facing up is for all is okay. Arrow pointing to the side if you need an errand and arrow facing down if you need help. All of the arrows are up so far. One neighbor did warn me, though, that if her arrow is sideways, it just means she's out of one. (laughs) I am so, so lucky to have landed in a neighborhood like this.
0: Heart. That is amazing. That is so amazing.
1: That is really amazing. Yes. Make sure you got some good tape on there. Don't want any confusing signs. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. Okay, from June. Uh, June says, Tyler Perry recently paid for all groceries during seniors hour at 44 Atlanta area Kroger stores. beds Who did? Uh, Tyler Perry.
0: Like the Tyler Perry that does the joints? The movies?
1: Yeah. I imagine so.
0: Holy crap! That's
1: awesome. Yeah, the that's Tyler Perry. Yeah, it's really cool. I love that. I love, I love that because these folks don't have to do these things, but they, when they do do them, they make such a fucking difference. It's like, yeah, they're you know in such a good position to help people, probably. And it
0: feels so good. It feels so good to do stuff like that too. So if you have the means to do something like that. Just you know, do it, and then share it with us. We want to hear about it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, unless you're doing a thing where you're not telling anybody your good deeds, which is also cool. I appreciate that. I know (laughs) that. I know what that's about.
1: Yes, the anonymous.
0: Um, mm -hmm. But that's just awesome. Good job, Tyler Perry. I'm gonna watch one of your movies now.
1: Yeah, that is really awesome. Um, okay, and then from Corey, Corey says, due to the quarantine, I've rediscovered meditation for the first time in months. I really feel like myself at the same time, the palpatine, ironic face runs through my head as the world burns around us. so I have good news i <gasps> <laughs> uh, I could I
0: think the he is a fan of of this podcast because of you, Jordan. He sounds like a Jordan fan, yes, I'm gonna say
1: I love that shit. I too have been meditating. Anybody
0: who brings up Palpatine,
1: can I make, can I have a confession? Make a confession? Yeah, do it. I don't know what Palpatine is.
0: Oh, you'll love it.
1: Sheev, <laughs> Sheev Palpatine from Star Wars. No. Oh wait, is this from uh? This is from Star Wars, right? I was thinking of Palpatine, the Emperor. Oh, but that would make if sense if it
0: is from Star Wars. Then I'm way off, and he might only then he pr- definitely doesn't listen to the podcast because of me because I'm Star Trek.
1: Let me see. It, interesting. Palpatine on Wikipedia says Sheev Palpatine is a fictional character in the Star Wars franchise. He's the dude in Empire, uh, initially credited as the Emperor, in The Empire Strikes Back. He's a guy with a melty face, the melty Sith face. Yeah, and then and the hood. And then
0: re- read again what what that last sentence from the the, from Pal- the, good news the
1: Palpatine ironic face. Runs through my head. Let's see. This, oh. is a, this is a real-time dissecting of two people. Conflicting references. Yeah, no, that's oh, him. Yeah.
0: That's him. Yeah, the the feel, the hate, that oh, thing. Oh,
1: yes, Chancellor Palpatine. Yes. Yeah,
0: it's Emperor, Emperor Palpatine.
1: There we go. Oh, God. This is the worst Google image result page. It's literally just like... Five hundred <laughs> squares of this guy's face. Let <laughs> me <laughs> just look up Palpatine. Ironic. It's like it's all like of
0: our, a- all of our, all of our fans who are into Star Wars just collectively w- are screaming at the at the podcast right
1: yeah. now. Yeah. Oh god, it's like a kaleidoscope of evil right now. it's Just <laughs> so yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, getting off that search page. Uh, search page. Okay, we're on to quarantine confessions again send us the embarrassing shit that's happening to you in quarantine and we'll read it on the show doesn't that sound like fun all right this first one is from danielle danielle says not sure if this counts as a confession or advice both i guess anyways i i burped in my face mask and it's not a good time now you know (laughs) beautiful (laughs) love it practical beauty knowledge that is nice nice okay next from janice Uh, My daughter and I have a package of Oreos hidden in our broken microwave. The husband is unaware. We're trying to ration them so he doesn't gobble them up in one sitting. I love this. This is akin to the Thin Mint giant freezer story.
0: Yeah. This is like the Thin Mint uh, debacle. Uh,
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. This is so funny. I love how many... (laughs) I like how... uh, this is something that everybody struggles with and now i feel better because i have the same issue with my dad my dad is like he eats so much sweets if it is there he will eat all of it like all of it so all of the sweets he'll eat like (laughs) seven packages of skinny cow ice cream sandwiches in one sitting it's incredible These guy's ability to eat fucking cookies so i say keep hiding the cookies (laughs) this is this is a good saga we have going on
0: skinny cow skinny cow is the bomb by the way if you haven't tried skinny cow
1: they are very good they are they're too light and airy though my freaking dad eats them like cheeto puffs they are just fucking down the hatch all right from h uh savine today i poured a scoop of cat chow in the coffee maker (laughs) next week i'll probably hit the brew button the week after that i'll be saying this new coffee's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) that is really funny that reminds me of of that disgusting scene in austin powers when he thinks he's drinking coffee and it is poop do you remember that scene it is, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. It goes, it's a bit nutty, it's disgusting, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit nutty, oh God, all right, next from Spencer Girl, uh Spencer Girl says, I bought an entire large case of Twinkies on Amazon. I normally don't even need Twinkies, but it seemed like the right thing to do. <laughs> That's perfect, it is the right thing to do, and not next, you got you gotta stack it, you gotta get like the snowballs. The ho hos, what else is there? <laughs> what are snacks? That's a
0: big damn Twinkie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Next from Christine, I have a personal bet with myself on which of my friends will get knocked up. I have the odds worked out. If I win, I get ten days consecutive gelato. If I lose, I don't get gelato for a year. And the, and the ten si- days <laughs> just consecutive gelato. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's almost a punishment. That's because <laughs> then I feel like it loses its flair, you know. But um. Okay, and the side bet is friends who don't live together getting pregnant for a waffle cone upgrade. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's so funny. I hope no one is just Uh. casually getting pregnant with their non-essential house dwellers. But I guess live your life. Um, But quarantine. You have to quarantine for the next nine months. (laughs) Alright. Sorry. If anyone's pregnant right now, All of the love to you. This must be a pretty intense time for that to be happening. So all jokes aside, fucking warriors out there and the people supporting them. Uh, Good health to you all. Okay, finally from Amy. Amy says, confession. It's ridiculous how much I love not having to set an alarm at night. Ridiculous. I had a 90-minute one-way commute... And although I worked from home a couple days of the week, I still spent most weekdays with a three-hour round-trip commute. I would wake up around 5 a.m. every day to feed the dogs, make lunches for my school kids, and get everyone out the door before heading out to work. I feel guilty celebrating something stupid like not setting an alarm when other people have been laid off, but oh my goodness, I love it so much. It still feels like a nice little surprise every night when I go to bed to know I don't have to get up at 5 a.m. Silver linings. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Thank you for your confessions, everyone, and your good news.
0: These are good. I like these a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Me too.
0: I'm into it. Yes. I'm really into it. I am as well. And they're funny. The cookies, the ice cream. I'm feeling it.
1: Yeah, I love that shit. I'm trying to think if I'm I'm I have trying any to think if I have any. Things. Yeah, I don't
0: <laughs> I mean I, I did the beard trimmer confession. Um
1: I have been doing a thing where uh I mean I typically don't wear pants anymore, you know? And yeah. I also really like, like, my window's right on a street, so I've been very, like, more into the idea of having my window open and my ass visible to everybody, including small children, uh, than not getting the view (laughs) and not giving other people the view. (laughs) So that's... (laughs) That's a thing I've been doing, just right on Friars. It's like a very busy road. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: right by Fashion Valley Mall. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure, closed down right now, but. Uh, yep.
1: It is right by Fashion sadly Valley Sadly for them. So that's my confession, I guess. It's kind of embarrassing because it's like verging on a lewd act.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? That's uh, <laughs> like exhibitionism. Yeah. With your translucent booty.
1: Yes. Translucent. Which sounds booty. like a good
0: memoir title.
1: It also <laughs> sounds, sounds like, like a, a like a great like electronic artist name. Translucent. Yeah, booty. or like a
0: night at a, a club. Hey, we're going to, you know, Bar Pink for Translucent <laughs> booty night. Beep beep
1: beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I love it.
0: Awesome. well Thank you for that. Thank you for all the good news. That was f- helpful. Today's been tough, so I I appreciate uh, Mandy gathering that and you sharing it and for our listeners for sending it in. And I'm excited for tomorrow to see everybody in our fancy fancies, Um, you know, when we dress up for our cocktail Q&A quarantine extravaganza bonanza hour or two. It ends up being two hours, right? Because we don't cut out until Maddo comes on.
1: Yeah. So I feel like after hour one, hour two goes by real quick after those couple vibe (laughs) because... (laughs) Yeah, after you have a
0: a white claw or two. Yeah. Uh, I'm running out of liquor. How are you allowing that to happen?
1: I got to stock up. Yeah, well, because normally we would never drink ever at the house because you're always at comedy clubs where they're like, you know, using you like a freaking mule. And yeah, you only get paid in beer occasionally. So now it's like we just have all, we're just actually drinking at home. And turns out when you drink something, it doesn't. It doesn't go back. It's just gone.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't replenish. It no. doesn't replenish at all. Yeah. Not without not without some biblical shit.
1: Mhm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually not drinking. Like I have six bottles of wine here, a, th- a handle of vodka and I haven't had any of it since last quarantine. I just been here by myself <laughs> not not drinking.
1: Since last quarantine.
0: Oh, since, last, since the last Q&A. <laughs> since oh, got it. Quarantine. Okay. I was like, I wonder what she's talking about. <laughs> like forever? <laughs> you know, the last time this happened. Wait, uh, am I going insane? Hey, all right. Happy, yes. happy Friday. Yes, we all are. All right. Well, thank you. And um, I, uh, you guys are awesome. Jordan, I love you. Thank you for being here on the phone with me today. I love you too. And uh, any final thoughts? Thank you.
1: Um... No, just, yeah, keep, keep being well or trying.
0: (laughs) You too. And, and that goes for everybody. Stay home and, uh, you know, do it for the frontline workers and take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been A.G. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazzell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production, and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.